When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the latest episode of BCC, The Other Side. We watch and review the classic 1993 episode of The X-Files, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Come for the smoking alien, stay for Lord Kinboat. To listen, go to patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club. It's Bigfoot. Club Scouts, right. welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. Oh, Wet Hot Alien Summer 2 Summer Abduction continues this week here on the main feed and over on BCC The Other Side all summer long. We are sharing stories of high strangeness of the close encounter variety. And this week, I went down a very fun and surprising rabbit hole. I think our Club Scouts will be fascinated by. Ooh, I'm, nice. ta- I'm taking a little, you know, we've been in the real heavy alien gray territory for about a month or so it's now it's been so good i've been <laughs> learning so much and just uh i've been loving our summer abductions guys i don't know if you saw this week on uh last week if you're listening to this on the instagram i i ordered a book called ufo occupants by yes. a man named stephen watson and it's just basically like an adult picture book of all <laughs> the different types of aliens you might see in a ufo throughout history um, it's really fun. There are not nearly. There's not nearly enough information in this book. Like, are there stories? Are there, are there are there stories that explain the the aliens where they come from? Are there witness accounts? Or? There are dates and then oh. just like drawings, slightly crude drawings, but very charming. And it looks like it was colored on like a, I'd say two thousand and one uh, Mac like <laughs> desktop, but it Great. is. It's really charming. It's no uh, illustrated history of UFOs, but I'm having fun with it. I really wish they would just tell me. There's a couple in here that I've been trying to track down based on illustrations that I've seen in other places. But I, like, 
They give me some dates, but this guy's not giving me like this is the name of the case. Go look it up. Of course you know what not. I mean? He's keeping that shit close to his vest, man. He doesn't <sighs> want you to go hunting down those aliens. I know, but uh, guys, we have some stories of high strangeness to flesh out here. I need some help. A little Stephen information Watson. would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Little, Where'd you yeah. find this book? Were you in a bookstore, or did you just perusing Amazon, or what? Look, I, I'll admit, I was on Amazon, uh, just looking around. I was trying to find some research for today's story. And uh, and came across this, and I was like, <laughs> "Instant buy, or one click buy, please. Thank you." <laughs> God, amazing. Add Sometimes I often think that you know that those Amazon warehouses probably have one of the best occult book sections anywhere in the country. It's, it's true. a shame, and That's it's amazing at the same time. Yeah, that is true. That's where we all have to go get the hidden uh, occult knowledge. Is like the Amazon warehouse. <laughs> oh my God, that's really good. Actually, you, that'd be a great. If you great think script. about it. In that sense, like Jeff Bezos is collecting the world's largest library of occult yeah, He's our uh, hall knowledge. of records. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is all bad. All right. Well, we got to do a little clubhouse keeping real quick. We are trying to reach 1,000 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If we hit our goal, we will record the long, fabled BCC Jet Ski special. We are getting closer and closer to this goal. So please don't let up. Oh, send us those five-star reviews. And if you do, we might read one on the air, just like this one that Riley has for us. Better than a balloon. This podcast is great if you love UFO, cryptid, and paranormal stories. The hosts, Michael, Bryce, and Riley, are a fun and well-balanced trio of personalities and perspectives. And yes, I'm counting Riley as a host. Deal with it. Dealt with. I I dealt. Yeah, I'll take it. However, this five-star review is contingent on Bryce never saying poonhound again. Because (laughs) I often listen to the podcast (laughs) when I'm eating and can't afford to lose my lunch again. Sick face. Let's get y'all to Shaver Lake. All right. Uh, mo- that. I can agree to that. I motion think I can accept yeah. those terms. When I don't know when you said it. When did you say you, that? You said um, so. It was in the rules of uh, debunking, and, and you said uh, I think it was a standard frame we were talking about needs to get laid. Mm. And, oh, and then and right. then Bryce said, uh, "No, I think he's a a word which." We shall we never speak say. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't lose that five star review. We need every we, single one that we, we get. We need every last one. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. All right, Bryce. And thanks for keeping us honest, yeah. audience. We, we love we, it. We appreciate the yeah. feedback. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can also support the show by dropping a one-time pledge over at buymeacoffee.com or by subscribing to our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, where a monthly pledge of five bucks will grant you access to three to five bonus episodes every month, plus our entire catalog of 154 exclusive episodes and that's not even counting our video episodes like the willow creek cast reunion or our exclusive chat with the entire cast of expedition bigfoot yep uh what are you waiting for join us on the other side at patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club and again you can find the links to all these things in our link tree at our instagram at bigfoot collectors club and our twitter account at bigfoot pod oh Hey, guys, mm, you're in luck. We have a fan favorite guest with us this week. Lots of catching up to do. I don't think she's been here for, I, I think she wasn't, she hasn't been here since last Wet Hot Alien Summer, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. It's wow. been a while. Whole year. Wow. So I want to jump right in. She's a medium and an intuitive, a podcaster, 
and a YouTuber and the author of the book, Peering into the Narrow Room, A Non-Guide to the Other Side. Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome back to the show, Adela LaVar! Wow! Yay! Thank you so much. I needed that, Michael. That was awesome. Did you foresee (laughs) having to sit through five minutes of banter before getting to be introduced? No, I actually like... uh, push to the universe to allow that because I took a supplement that I don't think not that kind of supplement. Although I did do that too. I did do that. (laughs) I think the combo of like trying to be healthy and the other supplement was a little crazy. So I literally was pushing out to the universe, like let them take their time, let them go a little slower. (laughs) So I feel a lot better during that time. So I'm good. Listen, thank you. This wouldn't be the first time that a person, <clears throat> namely me, would have conflicting <laughs> supplements happening uh, during the show. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. The Chinese supplement, which literally is a Chinese supplement. I don't know about it. I think um, it's just not going to work for me. But definitely, I don't think it combined well with some other pen-like inhaler type mm. supplements. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, already, <laughs> I think this is, I think actually you're getting in the perfect zone for this episode. Good. So if anybody out there has some uh, herbal supplements and some other herbal supplements and want to join Adela for this ride, <laughs> get on the Matterhorn, baby. Um, Adela, welcome back. We've missed you. Now, you and I keep t- keep in touch. I know you, you've you ca- kept in touch with the guys as well. But what's going on in the world Uh, In your world, let's say, Uh, we can talk about the spirit realm. Obviously, it's wet, hot, alien, summer two, summer abduction. And I know you've gotten into more of the extraterrestrial stuff over the past year. But let's let's do a temperature check. How are you? What's going on in your world? I'm you know, I'm I'm good. I've been busy. Um, I think like everybody, I've hit a wall. You know, sometimes I hit a wall where I'm just like. You know, it's been a lot <laughs> over these past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I've been busy and um, doing readings and my YouTube and all that. I did start my own podcast, but as you guys are familiar with The Witch and the Medium, the people like me and Dylan together. So we relaunched it again. We nice. shall see. <laughs> um, <laughs> we still see. How it took me going to his store with the equipment and he i said all right this is how we're gonna do this and a starbucks cup actually as well and, uh, so you're, <laughs> you're the michael of the witch in the medium <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. i think me and dylan have had this conversation <laughs> definitely i'm the michael i, I talk about it with the guys all the time <laughs> having a podcast is so much like having a band and it, it comes with yes! all of the you, all Riley. of the baggage and all of the emotions and and uh creative egos and time constraints and life and it's just it's uh you know it's uh it's a labor of love you know wow yeah it's the closest i'm ever gonna get to being a rock star in my because it's just never not gonna happen in this world for me so i did (laughs) say that very thing so i think you're so hitting on the money because i said to him i go we're like the band that sometimes you know have different ways we want to do stuff but people love the music we're playing together so you just can't deny the chemistry so we were like all right let's let's do it a different way so we relaunched that this past week 
Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just getting ready. I think I last talked to you guys because believe me, I get a lot of people from you guys, which I appreciate. And a lot of your fans who are always telling me how much they love you guys, but they heard me on here. And I think it's when I read you guys in January, mm. I think. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Yeah, that may so have been on the other side. I'm. I can't remember when. You, I oh, that's think no. It was. It, no, it was the podcast. Because, did you come do an L files with us, the two of you? No, this was Dylan? just a. You wanted me to do a temperature of the year of the new year. Oh, that's up. right. Yeah. yeah. Right. See. So well, look, one uh, once a week is done. I forget the episode and I have to move <laughs> on to the next one. Oh, so. believe me, I don't have any <laughs> quells about that you forgot at all. I get it completely, but. I think that's the last time we checked was like that's the new right. year. I mean, and was, this year that was the early, been, early right? pandemic too, right? I mean, it's, it's all a blur since then. Yeah. Really. It has been. Yeah. And I, I would say that what I found is, you know, I'm just going along for this ride. I'm going to New York next week, which I'm kind of freaking out. I know Michael's like all chill because he's traveled or maybe both. I actually have haven't yet. Bryce, is, Bryce, I know, has traveled. Riley, have you traveled yet? I'm traveling for the first time next week, like on a plane. Mm. I oh. did Driven. one one work trip, yeah, and it was a little stressful, but everything ended up fine. But Yeah, yeah. just, you know, wear, wear a nice K95 and, and you should be good. You know, I, I socially distance at an airport and when I'm on the plane, I just... I keep it on, and then I put on the little air thing above me, and I and I feel all right, yeah, you know. And of course, okay. we're all vaxxed, and so that <clears throat> gives us some extra. Yeah. Although five hours, I always panic when like the snacks come around because I can't fucking refuse snacks and like peanuts and coke. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to yeah, I'm take the that. mask I'm off gonna, to, to eat that. those and stuff. So I'll just do it real quick. Here's well, the question: like, Wait, are, are they no, serving alcohol? Is my question. What's that? Are they, they serving are. alcohol? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're good. I think they're that's, doubling that's up. I, I think they're doubling <laughs> up on the alcohol right now. Like I think for those who drink uh and indulge, they might need it. I was at Oga's Cantina at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge this past uh weekend. And uh, I just got a negative COVID test, but there was a little part of me that's like standing shoulder to shoulder where I was like, mm, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the vaccines made it all the way out here yet. So, oh, wow. You were in Disneyland, huh? Yeah, baby. That Look was a big, you, big step. I got back there. It was a blast. It was so fun. Um, it was. Were they good about like, you know, making sure everybody's on? Yeah. Point? I mean, I mean, yes, yes, they were. No, constant. They took your dollars, if that's yeah, what you mean. Great at taking my money. Yes, yes, it's just fine. Yeah. So, Adela, so I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, go ahead. I'm excited to tell you one update that's happened Uh-oh. since January. This is a big thing that Adela and I like to talk about um, uh, over Instagram a lot. Is I finally locked down a PS5, and it is arriving <gasps> to my house tomorrow yes i am so excited especially because my people play uh the miles morales spider-man which i've already bought i bought like when the game was launched because i wanted a uh, like first week edition that they dropped that i think had like a couple extra costumes 
So, uh, yeah, I can't, I've been like dying to get my hands on this, especially since my PS4, like the optical, like reader on my disc reader, like kicked out like two months ago. So I've been playing switch, but I haven't played any of my PS4 games. My beloved, uh, uh, red dead redemption Two world has been, has been mm. I've been separated from, I've been locked out oh, from for, for two weeks. No. Cause I do physical media. I'm a big physical media guy where I can do it. Um, so I'm excited. So I might be seeing you somewhere in an alternate dimension pretty soon. That's so awesome. That's, that's, uh, you're going to love it because the, the graphics, like um, my son today with my fiance went on the PS5 for the event on Fortnite. Oh and yeah, the Ariana it. Grande yeah. Rift Tour, huh? I missed yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know who she was. My son's like, who's this girl? Really? She didn't. <laughs> he didn't know Ariana Grande. No. He oh wow. He's, he's not into that. He's into like. Um, he's an old soul. Yeah, he's kind of an old soul and a new soul, I guess, because he likes that kind of computer music. He listens to a lot of that. And <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you know that beep, beep, you know that kind of it's computer really music, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's music. riley's kind of music sometimes yeah i love those beat boops <laughs> yeah he loves it <laughs> yeah it's very alien like sounding speaking of aliens but yeah the alien thing you know i've touched on it because people ask me i do kind of send them over to you guys when it gets a little you know detailed because my experience is more you know, psychic-y than it is what you guys cover. So are you getting people reaching out to you that are saying they've had contact with extraterrestrials? Yes. Okay. Let's. Can can you share without giving too much information and identifying people, some of the stories that you might've heard or one that you were like, Oh, this is interesting. Except for mine. Don't, don't, don't relay mine. I will not relay yours. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? That was a joke. I, do, I did she, not. Yeah, he, had, she, he hasn't said anything to me. Don't, don't worry about it. I have no idea about prices. I only know what you guys know. But um, no, um, when it's okay, how can I do this where, you know, how you like could put stories together and you can't tell, you know? Um, so there's um, been things like aliens are talking to me and telling me how everything works and how everything works, but like all the time. And so I'll hmm. have to say, yeah, they don't really do that. They may kind of make a contact and then, you know, leave you alone for a few, you know, m- mean, meaning like if it's a psychic thing, they'll kind of let you contemplate that experience. And it may be months or even a year before you have that kind of experience again. So there's a lot of that. And then there's people who, um, you know, probably see things in the sky, but I would say it's more people really believing they're talking to them. Wow. And um, they're very, it's way more, I'm sure, I'm sure it helps that I've put out videos that people know, you know, I'm into that sort of thing, but um, it's way more than it was before. Like, let's just say like a year ago. Is there a way to help guide people like to and this is tricky to do, obviously, but like if someone someone who like might be hearing voices that aren't actually there, which is okay, we all struggle with stuff and then stuff that you're like, oh, this might actually be some type of higher consciousness breaking through because telling the difference for the experiencer might be very difficult to do. And obviously you're not a therapist, but I wonder someone who deals with receiving communications from the other side, um, is there like a way to tell? 
Yes. Is it the frequency, absolutely. for example? No, I, I ask a series of questions. One, is it out loud, which is a clear, clear sign that it's not that, that they need some other kind of help. Oh, if they're hearing um, physical, actual sounds, like auditory sounds People out loud. talking, right. Like, hey, what's up? You know, things like out loud. Interesting. Um, and I have had people say that to me, and I have recommended that to them, and they have gotten help. Um, and then, you know, I would say it's the context. You know what I mean? Like, if they're saying, I'm special, they've chosen me, you know, things like that, uh, then that's kind of a clear sign as well, because... Mm. There, there is a need of wanting to feel special and wanting to feel um, chosen. You know, people, we all, right. we all want to feel that way. Um, I kind of could tell if it's real. I'll tell you the key thing for everybody to know. When people say this happened and I ran into my closet and I don't know what the hell's going on. It's been it happened a few times in my life. When they're very it's that feeling of like goes through your bones, you know, where the hair stands up and you're like, uh, what was that? And I do have these experiences and I'm not running around trying to welcome it. So it, it they can kind of have an inner sense that something they can't explain. Right. And that's that usually, I, yeah. Yeah. And I usually listen to people who are like, this happened to me when I was a kid. This happened to me again when I was a teenager, this happened to me again in, in college. I kind of, you know, pushed it out and then now it's happening again and I'm really freaked out. I don't know what to do. Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> you know, should I go get help? It's people who are very kind of conscious of, you know, psychological awareness and spiritual or paranormal and um, otherworldly awareness. And they're trying to navigate through it. And those people all pause and really go, yeah, this kind of checks out to when you're having experiences for real this is usually how you're going to react. Right. You're not getting completely lost in the fervor of it in in a way, for lack of a better term. That's interesting. It's tough. It's hard to tell. I mean, because as, you know, we've gone into again and again and again on this show, you know, it really does sound like reality is more malleable than we've been taught that it is. And we've all had experiences like that. Um, And it Mm -hmm. is tough sort of go, all right, when is, is my brain breaking or is something actually happening here? Um, for example, I mean, just to be open about it, not that we're going in this in this um, direction necessarily, but like, sure. I mean, like I've been, you know, because I've been like mainlining Alien Greys for a month or so, like I'm noticing when I go to bed at night, like as I'm about to fall asleep, my anxiety starts to kick in and I suddenly have been uh, Bryce I don't know if you've been doing any of this but like I'm mm. suddenly like is something in my room is something in my room right now is this when the alien grays are gonna come talk to me you know what I mean and it seems oh my to, god yeah it seems to be there's this moment in between I've noticed because I've been paying attention to it I've noticed that it's like there's almost a moment right as I'm crossing over from awake to sleep I get almost like uh, not a physical, not a literal, but like almost a camera flash of like there are three entities in my room and it shoots me full of adrenaline and like I wake, oh, no. I wake back up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I think it's just I literally for me, I do think that this what I'm experiencing right now is just the end of the day. I've been very busy with other stuff. 
And it's like now my brain is trying to process all this, cr- like for lack of a better term, crazy information that I'm get- I'm downloading in my brain. And right as I'm feeling my most vulnerable, which is surrendering to sleep, like my anxiety will kick in, and I'm like, oh, I think there's something in my room, <laughs> you know. And yeah. there's not, there's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. Um, and as I sort of paid Don't attention. Yeah, as I've paid attention to like, oh, it just it's happening as you're falling asleep. I'm like, it's become it's easier to get through. But this is why, like, I need I need to get out of Wet Hot Alien to Summer Abduction, like in one piece. But honestly, that is actually 100 percent the way I teach people to see those things. Yeah, I know. Which freaks me the fuck out, Adela. (laughs) Not helping. Well, that checks. Like, if you told me that, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. That's when it happens. Usually people what you never seem to embrace is that most people will what you think it's because you want it so bad that that's happening and I'm i don't tell you two but i don't want it i don't want it at well, all i do not I mean, want you're paying attention you know you're studying it is what i mean by wanting you're you know you're paying attention you're studying it you're interested is what i'm saying and i could tell you that two things one people uh study things all the time and are interested and they come to me and they're like, how come I can't see anything? How come I can't have these experiences? Even if I'm doing a journey with pushing energy um, to kind of what I call help you get into that state while you're aware of it versus to going to sleep. Um, People, some people are like, how come I can't have those experiences? So the fact that you're getting there pretty fast is, isn't, I wouldn't discount it. And two, what you you don't realize is I literally, when I speak to those energies, I'm always like push energy through me, just like you're describing, because I've had that experience and I'm aware of it and I could see it and they can do that. That's, that is a way of communicating. It's because they're in their, their, their energy. So God, that jolt of energy, I literally did that before you, this. Cause I was like, ah, I think I messed up here. So I need some jolts of energy. If anybody wants to jolt me a little bit. Uh, you know, frequency. It's uh, for speaking of frequency. I was just sort of imagining and picturing like our minds as like a receiver, and all these you know quote unquote extraterrestrials or or entities or consciousness is are like you know broadcasting this frequency, and and our mind can pick up on it. And said, so I feel like you know Michael's shuffling through the stations at night and is. So half of his brain's like, oh, let's go back to this station. He's like, no, no, no. I erased that station. I erased that station a long time ago. No, it's right here. Just one little click away, (laughs) you know? know, Bryce, uh, you know how you talk about Walker, like, running down the hallway at night? You know what I mean? Yes, chasing the dark dark as it it gets closer to his back as he turns the lights out. Like. That's me. Like that's that's really who I am in there. I'm like I I am the same as like an eight year old kid running oh, back from the bathroom in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't, well, that's because you don't see totally. Yeah, because because you do and you don't, or you've had experiences and you deny it. I mean, I was that kid for years, my whole life. I was right. that kid. Yeah, I got daylight. bladder infections because I wouldn't even go to the bathroom at night. Oh, no. I think people oh. my, people who I mean, haven't don't to- know you or haven't heard you on our. <laughs> On our podcast, I, you know, love your story about, about how, you know, these entities were contacting you or spirits were contacting you as a child. And and you couldn't avoid it. I mean, you couldn't run away from it. They were, you know, intruding on your life and you could only 
sorry, I'm sort of rehashing your, yeah. your, your story for those who don't know, but there came a point where you were just like, okay, I have to address this. What is this? And, right. Uh, and that, and that's why I'm saying all the things Michael's describing checks out. Oh, so if you guys want a checklist, just time listen to, face to everything those. he said. Wet hot aliens. <laughs> time to yeah. face those. Wet hot aliens. And just like his, like, I don't want to because I I didn't want to. People think I just, like, was skip, skipping along. And mm. that's the other thing I look for when people are like, it's so cool. And I'm like, it's a very heavy responsibility, especially totally. this year and a half is has kicked my butt. Like, I've been reading all day, and they're heavy readings yeah. um, with the spirit world and with people's lives and seeing the future, you know, them wanting me to see help them with their life. So you're not going to run to it. Of course, what you're sensing is it's overwhelming. It's intense. It's not familiar. You're like, what the hell is happening? Like, I just (sighs) want to see nice little clouds. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see these unfamiliar. But when you go in, if you choose to, you'll, it's like a mask and you uncover it and you realize it's not what it appears to be. It's just like when kids are afraid of, you know, the Disneyland characters dressed in something and then they're like, oh, that's not really what it appears to be. It's just creating an imagery. So everything Michael's describing when he asks a question is pretty much the thing I look for when people are legit. You, you know, know what? Speaking of, I, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. I'll take it. I just want to say, I'd take Donald Duck. Okay. I'll take Mickey Mouse. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but look at a kid who thinks Donald Duck is a complete freaky thing sure. and scary because they don't understand it. You know, right? we so last week we did we did a deep dive on the Travis Walton abduction case and yeah, I love that. You story. bring up, you bring up a heaviness and you know, we watched fire in the sky and we'll, we'll talk about it on tonight's Patreon on the other side. Uh, come on over there and join us if you haven't already, but that'll I be available this, Friday. Yes, that'll be available for, I got the sense of just like, it's one thing to talk about it and read about it and, and do it on a podcast. But as I was watching that movie, I, I got the, I imagine myself actually being one of those friends, see that happened or even Travis himself. And I was just like, Oh my God, this it's so heavy. It's so trauma filled. I mean, it is the definition of trauma and it's just like, you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemies. I mean, it's so easy to think that like, Oh, I want to see a UFO. I want to see somebody get zapped up. And it's like, I think we often forget, like, you know, most of those guys left fucking town. I mean, they were running from the re- for the rest of their lives. It, that's how much trauma-induced experience happened on just that one night. So, yeah, that exactly. shit does get heavy, man. It's like, I don't blame you, man, for not wanting to tune into that radio station because you never know who's <laughs> who's going to be playing their concert that night, you know? well you guys all say all the right things i mean i used to call it before wi-fi before we had technology that's what i called it i said i just tuning into these different radio stations i said that like 20 years ago so you're on the money guys i know you i do this to you every time yeah all kind of you know i tell you this every time adela (laughs) so we've one of the things that's really been coming up this summer i think a recurring theme is how ghost-like these alien abduction experiences are how Mm. the aliens can move through walls can Mm -hmm. appear in bright orbs and then expand into a room and manifest how um sometimes it feels like you're not actually physically boarding a craft you're just sliding into another dimension 
Um, now, obviously, in cases like Travis Walton, there seemed to be a physical craft there. Um, and there are cases where that seems to be the situation. But and I know you don't deal. I think this is something that I've done to you before where I'm like, you talk to ghosts. And I know you're not like talking to ghosts. You know, the spirit realm isn't the same thing as like talking yeah, to uh, a ghost. Yeah. But I want to say, like, how do you differentiate a spirit that's passed on and then something that you would consider an extraterrestrial intelligence in the spirit realm? Are they one and the same or are there, are you able to communicate with aliens that might be currently alive in a, in a, on a planet somewhere else in the galaxy? Oh, these I, are all good questions. Um, well, first of all, I do talk to ghosts. I, um, but I know what you're saying. I, I, I see spirits as uh, people who died who know that they died and are aware that they died. And then every once in a while, just like us in life, someone's just bop, you know, you know, bopping around, not realize what happened. And so they're kind of like a ghost because they're like a ghost of themselves. They're not united with their consciousness. Hmm. So um, they're just like repeating the last thing they saw. That's why the sixth sense was pretty great at showing that, you know, how they're just repeating that moment with the little kid. Um uh, but as far as I always, you know, it's a really good question because people ask this question a lot, actually. And yes, over these past year and a half, even more so. Um, how I tell the difference is, is, first of all, they can do that because their frequency and they don't really see this place as a, as a threat. Because in the other realm, there is no time, uh, time or space. So there is no time or space. There's no limitation of time or space, I should say. So there is no, um, they've kind of learn and understand that the wall isn't really um made up of the way we're seeing it so they they meaning just, spirits that have passed on both spirits and alien type beings because they are released of the ones i've dealt with which i'll answer your question about the other planet thing um the ones i've dealt with that are interdimensional they're um when you said that they slide I had that experience. I had that experience where it's like something opened up and I slide slid into another place with alien type beings. And it mm. literally seemed so easy at that moment. I was like, Oh, so it's just like cutting. It's almost like a zipper and you just go into this other zip it up. And then in that space, I felt no threat. I felt no pain, you know, threat of pain. I didn't feel fear. I didn't feel like anything that this world tends to give us anxiety about at all. It was, it stuck with me so, so many days that it was sad. Like, I know we can't, you know, create a utopia here. Uh, you know, that's why we're here to go through this world, but it definitely was like, wow, I got a taste of something else. And it was kind of amazing. It was like hard to describe it. It was like walking into a soundproof place at, it's not like anything you could describe here. Just kind of imagine like this place disappeared and in this place, none of those threats or anything happens. So I do feel they can slip through dimensions um, that way you're describing and how, you know, the difference is they d don't besides, you know, what you guys have explored with grays, you know, and people who have felt hurt by them, but the ones I deal with. So I just want to be clear because I don't want a bunch of emails. I want to be clear. Well, we know I... we've learned this summer there are <laughs> renegade grays and there are good grays. But yeah, Adela, exactly. I know our listeners are dying to hear more about that account that you just described. Can you please tell us some more specific details of what sure. happened? 
Yeah, I was um, laying in bed and kind of like you, I was in a very open state to that because I do sometimes notice some moments in, in, in my life, I'm very like, let's do this. You know, I'm going to open up more to those beings. And some moments I'm like, mm, I'm just going to kind of stick to the dead people a little bit lately. And that was a time where I, um, I've had other experiences, but that was a time where I was really open to opening that up. And for me, it doesn't take too long, obviously, to answer your question. They are in a similar frequency as the dead, but unlike the dead, they're evolved. Okay, so that's that. But I was laying there and I looked, it was in the dream wake state that you described. And um, because I can see the walls, that's how I know. That's how you know you're in a dream wake state. I'm looking at my room and I can tell I'm on my room, I'm on my bed, it's not like I'm somewhere else. And I see this being that um, looked a little different than anything I've seen before. I've seen blue ones that are tall. But this one looked kind of medium height and a little bigger head um, and bigger eyes, not those almond eyes and like almost like white or off white, not see-through white or really white, white, kind of like a grayish white, but not like the grays that people describe. And he was just swaying back and forth. And I always see them swaying like that, that Mm. sway. Um, They kind of always sway. That's the one thing every time I've seen those is trippy. It's almost like standing, you know, going from foot to foot, but not lifting any feet, you know, mm-hmm. and he was swaying and it was almost like, you know, like you rock someone to sleep or something like feeling felt good. And all of a sudden I felt like I lifted in a way, but not like what you guys probably have gone over this summer, which is like lifting up, like off of your bed, but a piece of me, he just smiled at me and he said something like, you know, your family or don't you're my sister. Not literal. I just want to make clear. Not like, like cosmically. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I just have to be clear because I'll get e- emails on these things. Um, Cosmic sister. <laughs> right. Writing that one down for BJ and the Shadow Bats. Yeah. I really love <laughs> nice. that. That's you're awesome. my cosmic sister. That's what it's got to be called. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's a perfect description. And I remember thinking, this is my brother. I know him. Um, but I always hear that realm talk that way, by the way. The higher beings are always like calling me beloved or my sister or my you know, they're always talking that way, not in the cheesy way you might think, just in a like, like you said, cosmic sister, perfect way to describe it. And I saw like a, it's almost like watching like a, you know, like let's say there's a film and you, and, but it's kind of jello y and it just cuts open and we just slipped into this other place. Damn. And um, I was just sitting at a table. Where they were discussing. Now, are you moving? You're floating through the gel? No, kind of imagine like Membrane? in a movie where it's like, boom, you're there. You know what I mean? Got like it. you see the slit and boom, I'm like, how did I get in this chair at this table? Bryce, that sounds like uh, Coronado Island stuff. Right mm-hmm. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, go on. Well, yeah, you're there, but time... your consciousness has moved yeah, to another a... place. Thank you. And it's the second time that's happened to me, but the first time I was still very new to everything. So I really was, um, anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting off track, but so I, I went into, um, I'm sitting at this table. I'm looking at a woman, not showing her face, but like, you know, when her hair is falling in front of her face, almost like she didn't want me to see her. I really thought she was human, 
by looking at her. You know, I couldn't tell. This has happened to me before where I'm like, are these human? Or are they appearing human? And then I'll see other beings that are clearly not human. And they were discussing at the table, how are we going to start? And this was like about three years ago before COVID and everything. And they were um, discussing, how are we going to start getting people comfortable with us? You know, how are we going to start introducing them more to us? And Mm -hmm. um, we have to start doing it. I don't know. We can't just keep this quiet, you know. We will begin with Michael. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Make sure we appear just as he's about to fall asleep after (laughs) a long day. It freaks him out. It's (laughs) hilarious. Keep him sleepless. (laughs) He is ready for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you guys have humor. It was very strange. <laughs> it makes it a little less. Uh, actually, it didn't feel scary or anything. I should take that back. It didn't. It just felt like, you know, when you're like, how did I get here? Why are we talking about? It? Why am I here to talk about it? That kind of thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, it was almost like they said, oh, we want to introduce you to some. They didn't even say it. It, it just because telepathic talking isn't literal like we talk. It's right. more like you just know. It's and like so it's pictures, just, right? It's even... Or an um, experiential image. Well, think about right. how your thoughts are. I mean, your thoughts aren't always verbal. You know yeah. what I mean? They're more right. like emotional notes, you know? So I, lo- I yeah. love that line. See what I mean. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I actually, I think because over the years, this is how I communicate with the spirit world. It's very second nature to me. So it just was like, oh, okay, I already know what they're saying. So some people I've seen get really weirded out by telepathic talking. They're like, I don't know how I knew this. For me, it was just like, yeah, this makes sense. And so um, I just knew they were bringing people out. And when they brought them out, they had like a wig and glasses, but they were clearly not human. And they said, "Um, you know, we walk among you guys all the time, but you guys just don't look up. You don't pay attention to anybody. So it's really easy if we Hmm. just put on like a wig or glasses, if we kind of look similar it's not that hard to disguise ourselves, And so I was like a little bit like, okay. And, and then they were, and they said they, and then someone else walked in. It was trippy because it was like clearly not a, a woman, but she was dressed in women's clothes. And I was thinking, I think I would know that's not a woman. Um, but that wasn't her point. Her point was she had a gun in her hand and she held it and said, Again, telepathically, you guys are so afraid we're going to hurt you. You're so afraid of us, but watch this. And it just disappeared. And she's like, we could make it all disappear if we wanted to. Hmm. So there's no reason to be afraid of us. Like we're not trying to hurt you. And if we wanted to, we could just make all of your weapons gone. They better fucking not come for my guns. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) So they weren't like, you know, they weren't like trying to, you know, say it like intimidating at all. It was almost like, what's the problem? Like, obviously, if we're this powerful, we could do this. That's the knowing. That's a telepathic knowing I got. That's kind of been my whole point. I mean, the thing that I always think about, you know, and we're scared about an Independence Day uh, uh, level event where or Mars attacks. I've always thought, like, if they can do that, they're they would have done it already. You know what I mean? Uh, Right. If these things truly exist, you know, and obviously we know that UFOs do truly exist. Like they're finally owning up to that, but like. 
I don't know. Yeah. So that's great. So, yeah, so they, sorry, go on, yeah. go on. So, so they were just kind of, it wasn't even, there was nothing hostile. There was nothing putting me down. There was nothing like you're stupid. Well, how do you not know this? It was kind of like, just almost like a, just chill out. Like, you know, it's like taking, you know, candy from a baby for us. Like we're, we're not going to do that. Just like you wouldn't, you know, want to hurt a baby. That's how it felt like, like, mm-hmm. so just calm down about it. And that's why this discussion was like, how can we get people to understand that? Um, that's what we're, you know, doing. And then the feeling I got was just this utter sense of like, Oh my God, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about it. Like this place just completely disappeared. And the only time I've got that conveyed to me very clearly is the spirit world. They're always like, why would we care about the house we grew up in? Like we're over here. We don't care. We care for you. And we want to help you through life because you're in that planet, but we don't need to be attached to the physical world. Like we're over whatever petty stuff or things that you're hung up on. Like it's it's just, we have, once you cross right. over, you're like, I don't care. I don't care about that. It's all good. Now I'm I'm looking at this from a completely different perspective. Exactly. Different perspective. But the thing with the alien type of energy is it's kind of imagine the professor's professor is talking to you. So, so that's how Qui-Gon you know Jinn is talking to Luke Skywalker. Exactly. And that's probably <laughs> why I, I, I'm going to I am down with that, because that is why I resonate with Star Wars so much. It feels familiar to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it always has. It always felt like, yeah, this is how masters, teachers teach. They teach by showing you they won't do it for you. They're not going to you know, hold your hand through it. If you're not choosing to do the work, then that's on you. And they give you the knowledge of the tools to practice with. And that is how, you know, they're different. They're not. So that's why when people are like, Oh, they told me, you know, where my keys were lost. I'm like, no, they're not interested in that. That that, it's not a hierarchy. Like I'm too important. It's just, that's just not my job. That's just not what I'm doing. That's why they're coming to you, Michael. They see all your star Wars toys in your bedroom. (laughs) He is an enlightened one. He now that I think, ways. now that I think about it, maybe the three beings standing in my room are like Anakin, Yoda, and Obi Wan's Force spirits, which I'm down with. Yeah, yeah, yeah do why that. not? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Adela, when you see all this stuff in the news about disclosure and all these UFO reports and the Pentagon and the Navy going, yeah, 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 all this footage is real. Are you thinking, oh, my friends from the time I slipped through the membrane and they were like, what are we going to do? Do you think that's them up there or do you think that's something else entirely? I feel like they are not up, but they are in a round because they are they like to use circle. They like to use spheres. Mm. They use energy like spheres. They look at time as spheres. So where they are is a a sphere around us. So yeah, I absolutely felt like when that started happening, I was like, yeah, it's not like I knew it. It's like, that's why I'm saying it was very gentle. Their, their discussion, it wasn't, let's just get, get these people on board. And that kind of seems like how it's coming out. Right. A little bit, like a little bit leaky, I guess. Breadcrumb, breadcrumb disclosure. It just feels like the alien stuff is coming full circle back to like angels you know what I mean? In a way, in the way you describe yes. it, not not in a denominational same. sense, but in a sense of like, guys, we're spirit guides. OK, we're just spirit guides. It's all we are. Sometimes we look like elves and sometimes we look like uh, little green men in hoods, but we're just spirit guides. 
hundred percent. When people, the other thing I always tell people, cause people get caught up in names and, and what they look like. And like, they'll, they'll change their image. Just like we have avatars in games and we have avatars in VR. They can create an avatar that's pleasurable to you that you're going to respond to. That was what you said about the Travis Wallen case with the Mm -hmm. human, with the Riley looking aliens. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they ran out of the room. Well, Travis chased them out of the room with a, with a wand. And then they, the next time he sees them, they're, they're human and beautiful and, and Riley esque looking. Oh yeah, yeah. I know which one, I know which ones you're talking about. It's kind of similar to how Saint Michael's always depicted, kind of thing. And I, I, I absolutely hundred percent. Um, I don't know. I can't say hundred. I would say ninety five percent. I believe that alien and angels, because angels are not human, mm. are they are alien, is a similar energy. It's a very similar energy. It's just their role is different. Yeah, their role is different. I feel right. like aliens have lived a little closer, even maybe one time on this planet or on a planet. And the only yeah, thing I feel they're more of is- a mix of the spirit and material. Where yes, exactly. Like whatever we, whatever angels are, are actually like full spirit form. They're just energy. They're yeah. just pure frequency. So they're like, I'm not hanging out on earth at some point in that atmosphere. So yeah, I feel like you're absolutely right. And they do feel similar. Alien, uh, angels energy, which I just see it as frequency is like a warrior. They're like, listen, we got things we got to take care of and, you know, keep things in line. They're not soft like people think, hmm. but um, that's their role is kind of like, listen, the earth realm is getting too crazy and invading this realm or, you know, vice versa. They kind of keep things in line. Um, aliens to me are like more like master teachers. I call them more master teachers. Adela, there's no way we can. I mean, like we can't contain a conversation with you in 47 <laughs> minutes. You no, know, we, we can ha- speak with her all day. I know. We, <laughs> uh, we this is why we got to have you back. We got we we have to take a break. And sure. when we come back, we're going to share a story of high strangeness that I, I'm very eager to hear your take on. Okay, that sounds great. Fascinating stuff from Adela Levine, medium and, intu- and intuitive. Um, I, yeah, I mean, this this is, you know, I guess it's, this is all lining up with where my head's been at this summer and i'm interested in what bryce and riley think about like yeah that these these creatures these entities these stories really feel more dreamlike than anything else uh and i was i was getting ready for tonight's show and i was thinking you know what if we just approached all of these stories the travis waltons the Del Coronado, the uh, what we're going to do tonight, you know, Betty and Barney Hill, any of this stuff, Bigfoot encounters. What if we just treated them as if they were just living dreams and instead of trying to unpack them as a literal event and what literally is going on, what if we looked at them symbolically, you know, sort of like the way that we would interpret a dream that we just had and find if we can just take meaning out of that. And in in some ways, that's just the same thing we do when we try to take meaning out of a story, you know, and maybe the point is not taking all this stuff literally. It's just taking what wisdom you can out of it. And in, in that sense, 
whatever this intelligence is, whatever this phenomena uh, phenomenon is or phenomena are like in that sense, they are teachers. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm, I thought you were going into your story. No, so no, no. I, I, like, I haven't. I, I haven't jumped. <laughs> I haven't jumped in yet. No, I'm just. I'm. I'm just thinking, carrying over from what we we're talking about before the break. You know. Right. Let, let oh, me. Let, let me see. So let's discuss this next story of high strangeness for its symbolical meaning. Mm. Maybe, yeah. And and I wasn't thinking that as I was writing it, but yeah. Let's take a. Let's think of this on as a literal event, and then also maybe as a symbolic event okay i guess in the same way that the way in the way that kenneth uh the the crew member from travis's um uh crew decided that the entire thing was the aliens mimicking the phoenix myth and showing them the death and resurrection and the way death and resurrection works by taking Travis and then bringing him back, you know, like sure. he seemed to get that spiritual meaning out of it and where they're from, what they are, if they're from a planet, none of that really matters. What matters is the symbolic meaning of it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, if I that think it, it's, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead Adela. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. I was just going to say if, if those experience or if these stories of high strangeness hits all the elements, like most of them usually do, then yes, they're they're gonna hit those archetypal motifs. You know what I mean? Uh, that we've all heard before. You know, especially something like uh, you know the rise of the phoenix. You know, death and resurrection. I mean, that's everywhere. All right. Well, now that we've set all this up, this story is gonna feel pretty silly. So let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great. On May of ninth. Sorry. Let me start over. I'm all excited. May 1960. On a bright afternoon around 1 p.m. in a rural area of Cadiz province, España, a motorcyclist by the name of Don Miguel Timmerman Ceballos, a middle-aged teacher, was cruising down the country highways between the towns of Arcos de la Frontera and El Bosque on his way to Jerez when he came upon an absurd sight that brought him to a screeching halt. Further up the hill, a strange figure appeared. According to Timmermans, the entity was about six and a half to seven feet tall, bright red, wearing a suit, or was made of concentric circles, greatly resembling the world-famous Michelin Man, the famous mascot of Michelin tires. So he's cute. I mean, he's a cutie pie. He's a cutie pie. (laughs) Timmermans described him as such. He was completely red from head to foot and suddenly appeared at the edge of the highway. Rather tall, something like two meters, six to seven feet or more, having trouble walking. And his walking was like a mechanical doll. That is to say, like a robot with stiff arms. Timmermans watched as a second figure emerged from the side of the road, joining the first. This figure was much shorter, about three and a half feet tall, also wearing a bright red Michelin Man style suit and a single black boot on one foot. Wait, wait. So just one boot? One black boot on the shorty. Wow. Timmermans watched as both entities walked stiffly and diagonally across the road before disappearing over the crest of the slope. Timmermans revved up his bike and followed, but when he reached the top of the hill, 
The figures were nowhere to be seen. The red Michelin men were gone. And he said that he didn't want to go looking for them all on his own. He was like, if I wasn't alone, I would have looked more, but I didn't know what I just saw. So he got out of there. Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. Strange as it may seem, this wasn't the first time UFO knots in the form of a Michelin man type figure had been witnessed. In fact, in the 1950s, 1960s and 1970s, these entities appeared in France, Spain, Belgium, as well as our uh, Argentina, Kansas, and possibly even Arizona. But Michael, you say, this school teacher just saw two weird beings on the side of the road. What is their connection to UFOs? Well, little club scout, plenty. <laughs> because I'm about to tell you all about the Michelin Men UFO knots. Ooh. Great. But first, let's take a look at the Michelin Man's origins, because where else am I going to get to talk about this stuff? And also, maybe he's a tulpa? Mm-hmm. So the Michelin Man himself, the corporate logo, the mascot, was created in France in 1898 by cartoonist Marius Rossillo after being conceived by Edouard and André Michelin, the two brothers who founded Michelin Tires, after remarking that a stack of tires they saw resembled a man without arms or legs. The mascot's name is actually Babendum which originates from Poet Horse Ode's slogan, Nunc es Bebendum. This translates to time to drink. Maybe <laughs> not a great idea when you're promoting something that goes on a car. Definitely uh, a good demon name, though. <laughs> different yes. times, different yeah. times. Yeah, it's a different time. Yeah, different times. But in, in this case, Bebendum, a strong rubber man, drinks nails, glass, and other road crud that might otherwise cause your car distress. Mm. And why is the Michelin Man white if he's made of tires? Well, fun fact, up until 1912, tires were gray or beige because rubber's natural color is white. Tires are black these days because they added the chemical compound carbon black as a stabilizing agent back in 19, uh, yeah, up in 1912. So, how did a 123-year-old French mascot and beloved folk character become associated with UFOs? Well, because for a while, people reported seeing these beings piloting them. Five years prior to Timmerman's encounter in Cadiz, this event took place. In May of 1955, in Dinan, France, a man by the name of Monsieur Drugot was walking home from the cinema when he stumbled upon a craft hovering above the ground. Outside of the craft were two Michelin men beings, as we'll refer to them, collecting soil samples. The two beings wore boxes on their chests and large helmets. Drugot wanted to flee, but was paralyzed by the encounter, as if some unknown force was compelling him to stay put. One of the beings looked into a porthole of the ship, where Drugot could see two more entities within. Fearing he might be abducted by the four creatures, the man was relieved when the puffy pilots stiffly boarded the ship and flew off. It was only after the craft vanished that Drugot was suddenly free to leave. Five years before that, in Vaux-en-Demieux, France, 
in perhaps the earliest recorded encounter with these beings, a five-year-old girl and her father saw a Michelin UFO knot inside of a transparent craft with tubes connected from his helmet to some sort of breathing contraption on his chest. And to, you know, make multiple Star Wars uh, references in one episode, I pictured sort of like the TIE fighter pilots from oh, Star yeah. Wars. I was totally. just thinking that, yeah. yeah. And in yep. this case, the girl claims she felt paralyzed by the event, a theme which you may have already noticed occurs repeatedly in these stories. Mm-hmm. Now, on the Isle of Reunion, which is located between Madagascar and Mor- uh, Mauritius, a well-respected farmer encountered the Michelin UFO knots. On July 31st, 1968, at around 9 a.m., 22-year-old Monsieur Lucha Fontaine was in the fields and forests of La Plante de Café, gathering food for his rabbits when... I was at Kilometer 21 in a small clearing in the middle of a forest of acacia trees. That morning, I was bending down and picking some grass for my rabbits when I suddenly saw a sort of oval-shaped cabin in the clearing... It was 25 meters from me, and as though suspended at a height of 4 or 5 meters from the ground, the extremities of it were dark blue, the center part lighter, more transparent, rather like the windscreen of a 404. Above and below it had what looked like two glass feet of shining metal. In the center of the cabin were two individuals with their backs towards me, The one on the left turned right around and so he faced me. He was standing, small, about 90 centimeters in height, enveloped from head to feet in a sort of one-piece overall, a bit like the suit worn by, yes, the Michelin man. The one on the right simply turned his head round towards me, but all the same I had time to catch a glimpse of his face, which was partly masked by a sort of helmet. Then... Both turned their backs to me, and there was a flash, as strong as the electric art of a welding machine. Everything went white around me. A powerful heat was given off, and then, as if it were a sort of blast of wind, and a few seconds later, there was nothing there anymore. Then, I approached the spot over which the object had been. There were no marks. The object had a diameter of four or five meters and was about two and a half meters measured from top to bottom. It was a bluish color with white on the upper and lower parts. I tell my wife all about it. And then the gendarmerie and everyone at once believed me. I mean, not bad for a cold read, Bryce. I'm going to give it to you. That's yeah, great. Yeah. I am right. in. <laughs> Being such a hardworking and well-respected citizen, the police, or the gendarmerie, took Fontaine's report seriously and went to the farmer to the location where he'd encountered the UFO knots 10 days after the incident occurred. Low levels of radiation were detected on the ground beneath where the craft had been, and radiation was even detected on the front of Fontaine's clothing, which he had worn at the time, the sides which had faced the craft. Aside from a few nosebleeds following the encounter, Fontaine suffered no real side effects from his exposure to the UFO. However, the Michelin UFO knots returned to the Volcanic Isle some years later. 
1975, a 21-year-old delivery man known only as Antoine S. was jogging home when he began to hear a strange beeping sound in his ears. The phenomenon grew stronger until he reached a cornfield where he witnessed an aluminum-colored craft with an oval dome hovering five feet over the field, emitting a high-pitched beep-beep-beep-beep-beep-beep-beep. Antoine grew suddenly hot, and a sense of paralysis came over him. He watched as a ladder descended and three small Michelin-man-type entities emerged. A fourth could be seen through a window in the craft. In addition to their puffy suits, Antoine could make out antennas on their helmets, and the one leading the party carried a wand-like rod in his hand. Ding, 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 Bryce. Mm. The beings began to collect soil samples, and when the leader of the crew noticed Antoine, a blinding burst of energy shot from its wand, knocking Antoine to the ground. The Stay Puffed Men, okay, okay, now I'm mixing mascots here, retreated <laughs> to the craft and escaped. The case was researched by Captain uh, Guillaume Corvindel, Corvindel, the Jamandari's top UFO expert who wrote an article about it for the military magazine Armies of Today. According to Corvindel, During the next few days, until February 19th, the witness was in such a state of shock that he was both blinded and mute. He tried to explain what had happened to the gendarmes. The, uh, the, how do you say that? Gendarmes. Oh, oh, yeah. The, gen, the, gendar, uh, the gendarmes are the, uh, the individual soldiers of the gendarmerie. They're, they're armed policemen. It's basically right. like they're armed police forces. <clears throat> That's all right. it is. He tried to explain what had happened to the gendarmes, gesturing wildly, but he was unable to talk. Everyone in his family, neighbors, and his employer vouched that he was a reliable and responsible individual. During the following days, he wanted to return to the site and take the gendarmes. But each time that he penetrated into the cornfield, a strange force projected him into the ground and put him again unconscious in the same manner that when he talked to the gendarmes on February 19th, when he was able to talk again, he didn't have any recollection of having been in a semi-coma for five days. <coughs> Travis Walton. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. exactly. Five days. Another. I mean, like some of this stuff really echoes what we talked about in Travis Walton. Also, I just want like sidebar. Don't add us about our French. I never took French. I took oh, Spanish, and I forgot yeah. all of that. Great. <laughs> I was already. I was already picturing that. The emails yeah. of like we're gonna um, get the some, S is silent. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> gendarme is gendarme. You idiots. Whatever. Okay. Well, I wouldn't know anything. So I don't know. I have. I'm trying to look up what these fucking things are called. I don't have time to to memorize these <laughs> exactly. French words. So on March 14, 1975, at around 10 p.m., Vicente Carell and his wife, Carmen, were driving home to Almanera from seeing their son off to the Spanish military. As they passed through the Castilian region, a bright white oval light passed the left side of their car. 100 feet down the road, the puzzled couple encountered a luminous swirl of light that appeared to emerge from the road itself. Then they realized that the small tornado of light was actually a figure, one composed of, according to Carmen, narrow, slightly inflated bands ribbed from its neck down to its torso. 
weird. The figure reminded her of a more slight version of Babendum, the Michelin Man. Vicente Correll told Spanish investigator Juan José Benitez, I suppose that it had two legs because it reminded me of a human profile. However, since they were so close together, it looked more like a column than a human being. The thing was tall, good-looking, and wore a close-fitting one-piece outfit. Amazing. I love that they describe this thing as good-looking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ooh, it's those, legs. Those, those, they wore those clothes, that tight-fitting yeah. one-piece. <laughs> what? Mm. Very fashionable. Mm-hmm. I want to. Yeah, I want to know what. Like, it was just like ripped, like super hot. Um, and also the 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 thing about the legs being so close together uh, reminds me. It sounds kind of like the Pascagoula aliens. No. Yeah. Sure. You know, and they were sort of wrinkly, elephant-skinned. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they have a relation to whatever God, these entities are. So weird. The couple's car, a Renault 4L, suddenly went into mechanical failure as the headlights turned off and the engine died. The smell of burning wire infiltrated their nostrils, and Mr. Carell pulled over to the side of the road. The Michelin man vanished, leaving the couple scratching their heads as to what the fuck just happened, and also, they had to call a mechanic! <laughs> there are- I mean, that sucks. For the Michelin man, they had to call a mechanic yeah. after saying, You're supposed to be helping guy. me. You're supposed yeah. to be helping me, Michelin Come man. On. Come on. Melting wires. Yeah, <laughs> I'm making my car break down. <laughs> but that's interesting. Man, that's phys- physical evidence there that they actually had, that the car was physically damaged. Yes, and the mechanic was like, I don't know what the fuck happened in this car. And like, I guess like years later, he still remembered that particular car being brought in because he's like, I don't know. Um, there are a handful of other reported cases from Europe during this time period and one encounter uh, in Argentina in 1972 where the witness, a night watchman named Ventura Masarias encountered two Michelin UFO knots with tubes going from their helmets to backpacks piloting a domed craft after his transistor radio started to sputter out and go crazy. The witness boasted that he had grown a second pair of teeth and a boost in intelligence after the event. Got <laughs> a whole Come new again? set of teeth. A whole what? new fucking set of teeth. Yes. Can we get, can we get some dental records on that? Yeah, I would like to. I, teeth with the, these stories. I will say, I I hear that people are kind of obsessed with the idea of growing teeth. I get a yeah. lot of questions on that That's concept. Weird. Very that weird. Very weird. So there's at least one last case that hits a little closer to home for this humble podcast host. In 1975, a couple was driving down a rural highway near Goodland, Kansas. That's out west, where they spotted when they spotted a fleet of flying discs in the night sky. After one of the discs flew towards their car and they experienced a Betty and Barney Hill type of missing time experience, the couple got hypnotically regressed and recalled memories of five and a half feet tall Michelin UFO knots taking them on board where they experienced a semi-routine abduction experience, which left the couple with puncture marks, scratches, and a heightened telepathic ability. That's cool, I guess. Okay. So, who? (laughs) I got this new set of teeth and then head talk. (laughs) I got a head radio now and a new set of teeth. But you don't need those teeth for talking, apparently, because now you're telepathic. Yeah, they should take their teeth out and give them pocket mouths. They should go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So who are these mysterious Michelin men? Why were they visiting our plane of existence during the second half of the 20th century? Are they UFO knots from another planet? 
Or are they possibly a living example of a popular mascot infiltrating the public consciousness so deeply that it was brought to life in some strange mass psychic thought form? Or perhaps the whole thing was some clandestine viral marketing experiment by Michelin bankrolled by the black budgets of various world powers. In the realm of high strangeness, I suppose anything is possible. But until we know for sure, I am going to switch from Goodyear to Michelin tires just in case they're watching. Good plan. Smart. And that Smart. is the story of the Michelin UFO knots. Wow. wow. Well done. Well That's done. That's very I, good. The, I never the even heard bops. of it. Yeah. The, the Bendems. I know that was that's a popular. It's like yeah. the Marshmallow Man, right? Out of Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, like what did you do, Ray? I just I, I, <laughs> I tried to think of the most innocent, loving thing I could. Was it? Yes, it's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, exactly. Adela, what the hell is that? What do you think's going on here? Well, my first gut tells me what year was it sorry can you tell me the year again started in 1950 and okay. went it seems to about mid 70s and then and and a lot of these people didn't report them until years later so some of these people aren't aren't piping up and telling these stories until like the 80s right um so it's possible that this is a thing that like kind of caught on and then people were maybe making up stories Something or i don't know you know who know who knows it's it's yeah. tough to tell but it is consistent. I I was shocked. I I was actually starting an entire different story of high strangeness, and then mm-hmm. once I came across this Michelin Man uh, alien, which I like, I had to like do some like deeper digging than usual stuff on the internet. And then once I kind of like dug down, I hit and knew what keywords to search and what year like places all these stories came bubbling out and I had really been unfamiliar with any of this stuff. Mm. Yeah. I've never heard of it either. I, I feel, okay. So I have two feelings that come to me when I hear stories like this, um, that, you know, obviously people are like, wow, that's like so crazy. One, um, I do believe that realm shapes themselves to what we, um, would be familiar with and it's very similar to like in contact where or other movies where they're trying to send information yeah about you know this planet and you know like tv shows and things like this yeah and you know what kind of looks like that is our astronauts in those big bubbly I was say space that suits too. yeah, yeah. yeah. What, there you go bryce that's where i was going i was gonna say that i feel they were like well this is you know i always say to people if i went back you know, 50, 60 years and tried to describe, you know, iPhones and different things, it's hard to explain to people. So I'd have to use something they understand to help them understand how, you know, to not be afraid. And what I have found is that realm does it all the time. They're like, well, this is what you're familiar with. Same with taking you on a ship. Sometimes the reason why people feel frozen, because I've seen and talked to the things I'm not saying all the time, but the few times I have, it's it's been told, well, we've changed things to be a little bit more like hypnotizing. So you think you went somewhere because we found it was just too disruptive. It's kind of like scientists that are going, yeah, you know, this didn't really work out with these species. People think that aliens are just kind of knowing everything about us and they're all knowing. And I don't really see that. There's ancient, ancient ones, which we've talked about here, the watchers that are different, but 
I feel that's probably what they did. They're like, well, this is what they see as something coming from another planet, but of course they're not going to get it perfect. And I feel that if there is something someone saw like this, from my experience, that this is very common to, to, to emulate what's familiar to you. It's super easy for them to telepathically and even just observing you know, things. This is what they do. And of course, it's like when we don't understand an animal really, but we think we're trying to be like them, but you're like, that animal's like, I don't know, you don't quite seem like me. You're trying to act like me, but something's a little different. That's just kind of how I see it. I, I just ha- I just had a weird idea. I had a weird yeah. thought. And this is a little left of what you're t- I think you're totally right. And I think it's important to, just for the listeners at home, no one was like seeing the literal Michelin man. They were just right. using him as a frame of reference to what Sample. these entities looked like. But here's a thought. What if it's this? Uh, thinking outside the box. What if these guys were in suits and what if they're humans, right? But what if they're humans from the future and they're like early time travel travelers and their suits look a little bit more like astronaut suits, right? And mm-hmm. they picked the 50s, 60s, and 70s to travel to because there was already a historical record of men coming out of ships that they would then go, oh, those are our time machines, And they're dressed in the uniforms that we're dressing in. So let's go to the 50s, 60s, and 70s because we already have a historical record that says we'll make a successful jump to to those eras. You know what I mean? So it's a way of them kind of road mapping where can we go in the past that we – like the past would already record us landing there. So let's look to where we land and then aim our time machines to that. You know what I mean? As a way to go, okay, we'll, we'll successfully time travel because it's already part of our history. Well, I mean, I I feel that like the whole theory of that there's aliens that have evolved and formed into different forms um, and they are us makes more sense to me. So that, you know, because I feel that when I heard that thing, you know, that being saying you're my sister, it kind of felt like we're really no different. But I don't know, it just I feel that makes a sense. The only thing that I've seen when they talk about time is time isn't linear. They always talk about time as a sphere constantly circulating using sphere type of energy to um, go into a different timeline. But I feel like what you're saying could be like the, the, um, you know, the Barquet, you know, um, not Barquet. What am I trying to say? Barbaric type of version. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. At some point, if time travel becomes possible, right? Like, we're going to have the old-timey deep-sea diver suit version of time travel before we get really good at it. And we're going to mm-hmm. do some early rudimentary time travel missions. And our suits are probably going to look more bulky than they will, you know, 200 years from that point on. So I'm, I'm just thinking I'm maybe these... naked Terminator style. <laughs> <laughs> BCC Jet Ski special style. Yeah. Um, I'm rolling in. I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, this is just, no, I'm I, going I, off on tangents here. But uh, I love time travel and the whole concept of time travel, time travel movies, because I don't feel it's separate. I think these are all elements. Um, we're starting to put the pieces together. And the thing I love about technology is technology is helping us. Like I can explain things better today than I could 20 years ago. I only had a radio to say, when I used to read people, they're like, how do you talk to people if they're not in the room? Because I remote view and things. That's why I know 
time travel is moving through time and space and you don't even have to physically do it or maybe you find try to work on a way to do it and so i feel that um for sure that technology is like showing us how this moving through time and space will is possible we're just trying to figure out what does that exactly mean are you going back because what i've learned about time is that you can't um change what's happened if it's already happened not because i know all the other you know things that people say because you mess up all the history but it's also because it's an energy and flux all the time so you're kind of like trying to go back you can observe it you can see it you can be observer so my feeling is those guys could tr- have been trying to be an observer in a barbaric way. Yeah, and collecting soil samples and getting like some like clearly yeah. they were not interested in taking people. They ran right. every time people came across. Um, but it's just funny they talked about how stiffly they moved and almost robotically, and you know I don't know That's maybe like one guy lost his looked, boot. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. Yeah. So and 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 in a thousand years our spacesuits are going to look totally different. You know. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sure. For great, sure. great stuff from Adela. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll obviously have you back on the show. Um, where can people? We don't know where to find the Michelin Man, but where can people find you, Adela? <laughs> if you do find the Michelin Man, I'd be really interested in in meeting him. I used to love that, <laughs> even though I wasn't in the fifties. Guys, calm down. Nobody come after me. It's been around um, for one hundred twenty-three no, years. <laughs> What'd you say about twenty-three years? It's been around forever. It's still around today. I know it is. It's yeah. a per- it's a great marketing ploy. Um, yeah. So I, um, you can find me at adalevine.com. You can also find me on my Instagram, adalevine. Everything on social media is adalevine. Um, I through the pandemic did fifty percent off for my followers or people that hear me because I was helping a lot of people, but I will be ending 50% off my readings at the end of this month. So you can grab it while you can with the code peace, but I am going to be starting a Patreon to just do like discounts and extra tutorials, not going okay. crazy. Cause I, I don't think I can handle all, a lot, but <laughs> if I just <laughs> like throw up a little tutorial, and a video that can help you like people, it's cause people come at me with so many how do I do this? How do I do that? I thought maybe this could be a good way. Um, in September, uh, you can find the witch in the medium on our podcast. And I think that's it. I do classes online classes. I'm doing, I'm doing one actually on remote viewing coming up and you can download my classes on my website. I really love doing remote viewing because people get really shocked that they can do it. And even online because they don't know each other. They don't, people don't put their cameras on. They have different, you know, so um, that's one of my favorite classes because it took me a long time to come out and admit that I did it. So um, now I'm doing all those things. So you Love can check that. it all out my yeah. website. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, boys, anything to, to plug? Hit it, Bryce. Uh <laughs> I don't know. What what should I plug? How, you know what? If you like adult party games, go to thedpcu.com. Go. It's like uh uh it's like Cards Against Humanity had a baby with a Pictionary. So that's a lot of fun. Uh get ready for a new season of Expedition Bigfoot. We are uh we are filming a season three, so that's something to look forward to. And uh yeah, that's it from Amazing. Bruce Johnson. That's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Nice. And guys, um, listen. Oh, oh, sorry, Riley, go ahead. Sorry. 
uh, I was even going to use mine for someone else. Uh, <laughs> Grace has a new single out uh, called Trist. Uh, it's a follow-up to it's Mango. Fantastic. It's really great. Um, and there's a music video that we're, we've just finished shooting. I'm going to editing Ooh. now on. Uh, that's coming awesome. soon, too. So, yeah, check out Grace's music. Um, it was just her birthday, too. So wish her a happy Oh, birthday. yeah. Birthday. Happy Bigfoot birthday to Grace. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Riley, I keep interrupting you. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, Nothing new. give me a follow on Instagram at Peace Drone. That's all. Take it away, Michael. Uh, thanks. Uh, follow me too at McMills. Uh, I wanted to tell you, Club Scouts, to send in your UFO encounter stories. We're nearing the end of Wet Hot Alien Summer 2, Summer Abduction. We want your UFO stories for a special uh, UFO L files at the end of the summer. So please send those to us at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. That's it. All right. Once again, big thanks to Adela Levine. Thank you as always to uh, my co-hosts, Bryce and Riley. Deal with it. Uh, we love you guys. Until next week, good night. And go get regressed. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.